I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. There is only one thing next. Revenge. Do you know the Klingon proverb that tells us revenge is a dish that is best served cold? I am gonna kill Bill. I've killed one of the children. Killed just about everything that walks or crawls at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you, little Bill. For what you did in that. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. Well, you're gonna meet him. People keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. So you can either hand over your yeah. son, or you can die screaming alongside him! Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die! Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time! The Carpenter Rants. Hey, everybody. Welcome to TCR. <laughs> Three nobodies talking about the masterworks of the horror film genre. And we're those nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. Uh, don't adjust your headphones. That's just Kendall clipping her toenails, folks. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Sounds like she's breaking out of prison with bolt cutters. <laughs> and a Dufresne. <laughs> Had a hell of an ingrown toenail. Kendall Dufresne. <laughs> Kendall Dufresne. <laughs> I'm digging to say Wataneo with these uh, clippers. Say what? Those, look like, those are fucking, those are needle nose pliers. Oh. Those are not clippers. <laughs> she just held them up to the screen. <laughs> she just held up bolt cutters. Those are wire cutters. <laughs> doing some electrical work i'll feel remiss foot. if i didn't say say what okay nope oh boy. Yeah, you get this shit out of here and bury it in the yard oh man this is of course our uh series finale of our limited series yeah. thanks for that doug so i can get a sip mm-hmm. of water uh where we are talking about part two 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 um, yeah, our uh, our series finale was a two-parter, so if you didn't listen last week, you might want to go back, because uh, <clears> this <throat> week we are talking about Kill Bill Volume. Murder William. Two. Yeah, Murder William. <laughs> Kill Bill <laughs> Volume 2. Uh, last week we talked about Kill Bill Volume 1, and uh, we, it's only fitting that we wrap things up. Wouldn't it be weird if we this week we just like... <laughs> we did any which way but lose? <laughs> Is that the first one or the second one? No, the second one's any which one. Yeah, any which way you can. Yeah. What is the second one about? What is the first one about? It's been forever since I've seen seen them, but I remember liking the second one more than the first one. (laughs) Clint Eastwood travels around uh, the country 
looking for fights with a monkey that can fight. <laughs> Sold. You know, American. tale as old as time. <laughs> Me and my monkey and my Ford. <laughs> Me and my monkey are looking to beat ass. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. Yeah. And then he just um, live, laughs, love around the fucking country with a monkey. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, it's gonna be one of those nights. Um, all right, folks. Uh, last week we talked about Kill Bill Volume One, so you might want to jump back and give that a listen because that was a good conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, this week, wrapping things up, uh, leaving our revenge series behind for now. What's great about all these small series is that we can dip our toe back in. Uh, just whenever we're ready. Unlike when uh, I dip, you dip, we dip. That's right. Unlike the Stephen King series, where um, if they make a Stephen King adaptation at this point, I'm like, you know what? I've seen them. Um, I saw the manga. On Cruncher, we dip back into it to do Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I know. I was kidding. I was just saying that we did way too many episodes. This um, is true. We got it figured out, though, folks. Look, we we crawled through a river of shit, and we came out the other side. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, we realized that four to five episodes about all we need to do. So crawled in a river full of Kindle's toenails <laughs> and the mangler. Um, <laughs> uh, no man. Um, so our revenge series has been a good one. Uh, we did American Mary, uh, Upgrade, uh, Old Boy, and both Kill Bill movies. Um, every movie we've watched for this series, solid been, flicks. Yeah, it's been good, man. Um, I've really enjoyed this. So, um, if you haven't heard any of those, go back. If you haven't seen any of those, I would suggest watching all of them. This has been a good series. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're going to close it out uh, the only way we know how, with mediocrity. So, Doug, why don't you give us some of them Bill Dietz. William Dietz. Billy Dietz Williams. Hmm. Well, this here movie was released Mm. April 16th. 2004 written and directed by Quentin Tarantino of course mm-hmm. with a budget of 30 million and a return of uh, 152.2 million dollars now did we establish that that 30 million was for both films last week yes I think we did yeah yeah, uh, yeah man this thing was a hit um and uh, some changes this time around, though. Uh, in the first half, volume one, composer uh, credited as the RZA. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time around, uh, composer credited as Robert Rodriguez. Uh, RZA is also Yeah, RZA is there. But I thought it was very interesting that uh, Robert Rodriguez came in to do music for this film. And um, that's, I mean, that's where we're going to start, too. Because, <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> keep on ranting. Um, Boy, am I glad, because one of my favorite parts of this movie is... Uh, the score? Some, some Robert Rodriguez music. Oh, man, it's so great. Dude, the movie starts off with, I mean, immediately that piano just... Boom, 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 boom. Like, it's awesome. Take my breath <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Oh my god. You know, Elise just watched Top Gun for the first time uh, a couple of months ago. She get all horned up during the volley- volleyball uh, scene. Yeah, I was like, babe. <laughs> I know you did. I, uh, <laughs> playing with the boys. Um <laughs> but she was like there's three songs in this movie and they play them repeatedly yeah i'm like yeah they were yeah is there a problem you got danger zone take my breath away so you got you got something to get you pumped and something to great balls of fire and something to listen while you pump you know if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just wanted to let that hang there all right so she said (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so the uh music kicks in we get that opening shot again same way the first movie started the bride's on the floor bill it's your baby boom gunshot uh then we cut to uh, uh uma thurman's uh green screen uh car like black and white uh recap she's like driving a car with like, a green screen it's very old school uh, mm-hmm. Hollywood uh, technique um, and she's talking right to the um, she's talking right to the camera and just kind of giving us the rundown of what happened in volume one of the film um, and she sums everything up and also she's kind of addressing things that have happened in this film also because as she's driving she's on her way to Bill um, so once again we kind of jumped in time a little bit <clears throat> because we haven't seen any of the uh L or uh Bud stuff yet. I'm into Bud stuff, oh, oh. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um and then that score and the title cards come up and they're fucking dope. So the title cards are like real old school for this half of the film. Um and even the ending like title cards later it's like this uh, this is this black and white like 50s era font you know what i mean it just looks um yeah. it looks very classic it's very cool but the uh the score is just this fucking epic like samurai western just it's just fucking dope um, yeah it's really good and then um and now we uh, we open up in the actual wedding rehearsal, so we get to see it before um, the massacre. And um, I think they do something really cool in this movie. So we've seen the we've seen the scene play out after the massacre, and then we get this whole scene of before, but we still never really see what goes down um, in that church, which I think is a really interesting choice to make. Um, you know, we just get the sounds from outside the church but we don't actually you see don't need it i mean you know you something bad I mean, happens i mean the movie's got That's enough the movie's got enough uh movie's got enough violence i think mm-hmm. um but this whole scene is a lot of fun um it, it tons of uh tarantino dialogue um in this scene here and uh you know we're kind of walking through the uh, wedding rehearsal uh, we've got the reverend who calls his wife mother, which. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, fellas, don't. <laughs> I don't like that. Fellas, don't call your wife mother unless you're into that. And uh, then maybe do, I guess. You know, who am I to judge? Uh, we get our uh, we get our uh, Sammy L cameo, which I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson shows up. He's playing Rufus. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the piano player. I had totally forgotten about Samuel Jackson. Yeah, same. In this movie. I forgot he was in there too. And it's really great too. Like, there's one really wide shot of him, and then the rest of the shots are from fucking behind him. So you, don't you can't ever... you can't even really tell it's him. No, just the, his voice alone. The That's voice, it. yeah. Uh, and he kind of. He does. He rattles off Indeed. a he rattles off a list of you know different bands that he's played with and uh, what's the song is he suggests is it Love Me Tender? Yeah, yeah. Because um, they don't have a song, so um, so we're just kind of like meeting everybody and then um, you know the bride is like I'm gonna go get some fresh air or whatever uh, and then she starts to walk out and then she hears the flute. And uh, she already knows the score, man. Uh, she hears that flute of play, and she knows what's up. Mm-hmm. And um, she steps outside, and there's Bill playing his little flute. Uh, this is a much smaller version of a flute he's playing later on. Because holy cow, this guy's got <laughs> this guy's got some flutes. He's got the flute. Yeah. <laughs> later. Well, he's traveling. You don't want to carry that. You don't want to take that flute with you to Texas. Pocket flute. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you go on a plane, you take like a smaller version of your, you know, your toiletries. He's got a smaller flute for when he's on the road. <laughs> um, and there's this, this really flute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's this really great moment where they're like, it's just like really tight shots of like their eyes and like cuts back and forth. And it's just like, there's a lot of tension being built. Um, in this mm-hmm. moment and the whole scene is so tense because we already know the outcome um as the audience we've already seen it twice uh and so we're watching as you know bill's pretending to be very friendly um but we know as the audience that like this is gonna end badly and so there's just we're just waiting for when it's gonna go down um and uh, and again, the score, all of the score here is so good. Um, and I made a note here back in the fall um, that I realized <clears throat> that I'd been growing out Jack Nicholson hair. And since I haven't had a haircut since then, I realized that I'm like, I'm really working on my Daniel Carradine hair because we got that fucking sweet uh, far. Yeah, we got that fucking sweet uh, hairline way back here. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we know so what you mean. The longer it gets, yeah, I'm I'm rocking that I'm rocking that bill do. Uh, can't wait. <laughs> bill do. Cannot wait. Um, so all oh, this, he's so great, dude. In everything he's ever been in, he is. But in this especially, he gets a lot to work with here. Um, and uh, it, it's just he's he's. He's amazing. Like, it it's really cool because, like, you know, he's older and he's got that lisp even. But, like, he has this presence about him that you're like, man, this dude's going to fuck everything up. Like, this dude is a serious. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just carries that, like, I believe it. Like, I believe this guy commands an army of assassins. and um, Well-spoken and menacing. Yes. With, but also without having to like, what without having to overdo it, right? Like he's yeah. just, 
well spoken and menacing, yet not at the same time. Yes, he's very reserved, like and that makes inherently. you more nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she kind of introduces him to her fiance as uh, her dad, and um, you know, so uh, it seems like he's going to come to the wedding, and I don't know, like you just know the whole thing's going to go bad. And then we see the assassins uh, when we do that. You know, we do that pull-out shot from the church, and we see the assassins, like, in front of the church, and then they all walk in, and then, you know, shit goes bad. Um, and then we immediately... I like, hey, on that one shot, after the, the massacre goes on, yeah. it's a slow, like, draw up to the sky where you're seeing the church from yes. up high. And I love that there's that one shadow sticking out of the... Um, the uh, doorway there. Mm-hmm. I think that was Lucy Lou. I could be wrong, but like you see her moving stuff, but she goes right then. Just that one shadow just coming out of the door. It was just like I don't know. Yeah, no, kind of haunting. Yes, it was, um, it was really good. And there's lots of um, there's lots of especially uh, especially the bride. Like she she gets framed in doorways a lot. Uh, in this movie, which is just like she does, it's a Western thing, but like yeah. it's uh, there's there's a bunch of it in this movie. Um, so after the massacre, we go to the uh, scene with Bill and Bud, um, and Bud is of course uh, Michael Madsen, um, is, of course his heir. Yes. Um, now, are they um, <laughs> what? Air Bud. Airbud. <laughs> we haven't mentioned him in a while. I just I needed to come back around. I know. I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> David Carradine <laughs> fucking acting his ass off with a dog. But no, dog I went the other way. I was thinking on. about Michael Madsen helping a little boys basketball team win the championship. Or that. <laughs> He cuts the referee's ear off and sets one of the other kids <laughs> <Yeah>. on fire. <laughs> um, now, Bill and Bud, are they brothers? Because they call yes. each other. So I wrote a note here. I said, are they brothers or are they like Hulk Hogan brothers? <laughs> and I wrote it with a U. No, they're, um, real, they're actual blood brothers. We're yeah. all brothers. Yeah, that's very true. Um, <laughs> but they're brothers. Got it. Um, and that this is a really great scene too, uh, uh, with these two guys. And Michael Madsen's so fucking great. And he really is, man. Uh, he, he is. He's just amazing. He comes in for like like these small roles, but like he really brings a lot to. Leaves him. an impact, dude. He does. He's he's excellent in this movie. And um, and he's like, we spend like I don't know, we spend like. 10 minutes just setting up like what kind of a fucking loser piece of shit he is like he sold his Hanzo sword um pawned it pawned it oh man that's a great scene where uh Bill is like that sword was priceless and he said not in El Paso it wouldn't and El Paso got 250 (laughs) bucks for it (laughs) um and uh and he he mentions that he's a bouncer at a uh strip club um, and, uh, and he's just like, he's drinking, he's drinking out of the bottle and just like spitting his tobacco spit into just a giant coffee can. Like the guy just, 
Um, and also, by the way, it, it looks way cooler later when we come back at night, but I love this fucking, like, desert, like, cove that he's, like, set his home he up He lives, in. like, in a small canyon. They yeah. Just <laughs> he just pulled a trailer a, up to it, in, into a canyon, and he just lives there. He's got a trailer and a bunch of trash, like, lawn furniture out there, and that's his little, it's his little slice of heaven, brother. And, um, <clears throat> uh, and that's where, uh, he Bill is like you gotta, you know. He tells him he's like you gotta get over being mad at me, and you gotta understand that she's coming for you, and she's gonna kill you. And then uh, that's when he delivers the line that we saw at the end of the first film, <clears throat> where he says that woman deserves her revenge, and uh, we deserve to die. But then he follows up with, but so does she. And uh, and you know, Bill just is like, you know, Bud's kind of a lost cause, so. Um, we follow Bud to work at the uh, My Oh My Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sid Haig is the bartender, which I fucking completely forgot about. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw him. I was like, I'll be damned. Yeah, it was a, that was a nice little cameo. I was like, holy shit, there you are. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bud is uh, running late for work, not punctual. Um, I know he looks like a guy. Late. Yeah, I know he looks like a guy that's on time for everything, but uh, <laughs> he makes the uh, what was his boss's name? Oh God, I totally forgot. I forgot too. But he he makes the case to his manager that there's no one in the club. So it, it wasn't Larry, was it? It was Larry. Was it that think- insult <laughs> that his manager gives him that he's. As useful as a butthole, right here. Right here. <laughs> he points at his elbow. His elbow <laughs> butthole. About right here. This guy was great too. And he's just like, let's go to the calendar. It's calendar time for Buddy. Uh, while he's like doing cocaine with one of the strippers in in, in his office. Um. And then, uh, you know, he basically just demoralizes him. Tells him, you know, he takes him off the schedule, so he's not gonna make any money and then uh bud goes out into the uh strip club where one of the strippers is like hey the toilet's backed up there's shitty water everywhere and then he just very like you know he's like i'll take care of it like you know i mean all this is like to really set up just what a fucking like nobody bud is you know we've seen the other like we've seen the other assassins from this group and they're all seem to have it together but bud's just a fucking dipshit um and so then he goes back home at the end of the night and that's when we see the canyon kind of lit up at nighttime which it looks again cinematography which we talked about last week uh continued into this week just fucking phenomenal yeah same Um, dude all the lighting in the strip club looks so fucking great like all those like neon lights that they use to to light that scene i just i love it um but yeah and that canyon just looks amazing um, but Bud feels like, uh, feels like somebody's out there in the night. Like he's not, he's not stupid. And, uh, fucking the bride is hiding under the trailer. Um, just waiting to, to sneak up on him. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, she, she opens the door to his trailer and he's waiting there with a shotgun and he just fucking blast her with it as soon as she walks as soon as she opens mm-hmm. the door and she just goes like flying out like into the desert 
And several it's, uh, really cool shots involving that doorway. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, he he informs her that the shells are full of rock salt, um, which would hurt but not kill her. Um, and there's this great scene where she like spits blood in his face, and then he spits tobacco in hers, and it's just fucking gross. Fucking gross. Yeah, like the blood. I was like, yeah, okay. But when he spit the tobacco, I was like, oh, hey, now come on, now. <laughs> hey. Nasty. Uh, and then, uh, I just wrote here, my notes always are stupid. I just wrote here, gave that girl a booty shot because he sticks a needle in her butt. Um, this is true. Yeah. And I really, this is what I really love. And like, she's completely helpless at this point. And this is what I really love about Bud is we spent 10 to 12 minutes establishing him as a total piece of shit loser, but she has mm-hmm. defeated everyone she's come across and he just took her out like pretty fucking handily like he got the drop on her no problem honestly because she wasn't expecting much because he is as we establish a piece of shit exactly and that's why and you can really see like oh yeah this guy was probably a really good assassin like he's uh he's very sneaky Mm -hmm. Um, very very sneaky um bud calls uh bud calls l which is daryl hannah's character and uh, informs her that he has the bride and that he has her uh, Hanzo sword and that he'll sell it to her for a million dollars. And I really like this about Bud. Like, he's going to kill the bride, but he's not really concerned about any of this. Like, he basically, he's just kind of trying to make some money on this whole deal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because I guess he's tired of working at the the strip club. and so I, I like that everyone else is like, there's like all this revenge stuff kind of involved in it. And Bud's like, he don't really give a fuck about that. He's trying to make a few bucks off it. He should take that thing back to El Paso and make another 250 But he'll sell it to Daryl Hanna for a million dollars. And, uh, <clears throat> and so she's going to come down there and get that. In the meantime, uh, he takes the bride to a uh, cemetery. Uh, where he's going to bury her alive um, in the grave of, uh, I forget the I forget the name, but... Um, Paul they, Schultz. Yeah, Paul Schultz. They dig up a grave, and like this skeleton is like hanging out of the casket that they've dug up, which I thought was cute. Um, and so they... Uh, <laughs> so cute. Yeah, so they tie her up, and they <laughs> throw her in the, in the coffin, and they, they bury her alive, basically. Um, and there's a really unsettling... Not after he gives her the... Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, not before he gives her that ultimate grace of not spraying her in the eyeball. I love that dialogue there. Mm-hmm. I'll empty this whole damn can in your eyeballs. Yeah, he had the baits. Yeah, I forgot about that. I gave her the flashlight. Yeah, what was that about? Just a, I don't know, maybe a little bit of redemption for that piece of shit. He's not a total monster. Maybe. Seems like he would know that any instrument he gives her would be used to to escape and get back. Um, There's a really unsettling shot where the entire screen is pitch black and you're just listening to the sound of the dirt being thrown on top of the... uh, 
on top of the casket she's in. Yeah, very effective. Yeah, very uh, claustrophobic. Yeah. It's nuts how just that sound can have that effect on you. You're not seeing anything. Yeah, you can't see and you kind of, it kind of puts you in in that position. Um, Like, you also can't see anything, but all you're listening to is the sound of the dirt just hitting the wood, the box that you're, you're trapped in. Um... Yeah, and so uh, she turns on the flashlight and um, she's like looking at the coffin and then that's when we get the, uh, that's when we move into the flashback scene um, where she goes to train with uh, Pi May, uh, which opens up with her and Bill sitting by a campfire and Bill is playing the biggest goddamn flute. The like, flute of all flutes. It's like, what the is he flute. compensating for with this fucking flute? My God. That is a monster flute. Um, <laughs> the monster flute. Um, so, uh, he's, <laughs> he's telling her some, he's telling her some legend about, uh, Pai Mei and the, uh, the five point palm exploding heart technique. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that Pai Mei doesn't teach to anybody. But I really like this scene too. Once again, anytime uh anytime Bill has dialogue, it's just really, really good. And uh, and I really like, you know, because Uma Thurman is just such a fucking great actor. Like she's just like watching him and she's just like enamored of him. Not just of this world that they're in, but just of him as a character. Like she really loves him. Yeah. Um, and that is so important later in the movie, but like she just conveys it so well, just in that moment. Like she's just, you know, just awestruck by him, basically. Um, anyway, um, Bill uh, drops her off with Pi May to start training, and then that's when we get the, uh, that's when we get the introduction of Pi May. Um, you know, who's just. Uh, he he hates white American women. Yes, the most. Mm-hmm. Can't say I blame him. But. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, he uh, basically he like gets her to fight him like right there, and he just like humiliates her and like he catches her arm, and he's gonna like break her arm, and basically just to. Just to set up the the power dynamic, like he's the master, she's not, um, and then uh, you know, then the training begins, and uh, he he has her punching this fucking wood board like over and over, like from like three inches away, um, you know, to be able to fucking punch a hole through it from like that short of a distance, I guess. Which will come into play in the coffin that she's trapped in in the present. Pretty handy. <laughs> He's also got this adorable little beard toss that he does to just punctuate oh, anything so that he says or does. <laughs> Doug, you got the you got the beard. I, you should be doing it. You got the beard. <laughs> you got the power. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Kendall? I love in this this training montage that there's another silhouette scene that kind of harkens to part yes, one. I like that. Um, yeah, but it's red that the yeah red background. I love that so much. 
Yeah, I like that too. First she's by herself, and then they're doing it together. Um, and it's a and it's a training montage, which is what you want um, in any sort of action. Which movie. is what you want. You want it. You want a montage. You love you, it. You do. <laughs> you want some more of it. Um, also, uh, the look of the movie is very different in this scene than the rest of the movie. Like, this yeah. is really, um, they're really capturing, like, this fucking, like, kung fu movie, like, cinematography style, and, um... Very much so. Yeah. Even, even in editing, like, the color of the film and the look and the graininess, like, everything is, they're really mirroring, like, what that looks like for this chunk of the movie, specifically. Um... <clears throat> the, the audio even felt different yeah. in, in this yeah, chapter. Yes, it's very technically channeling something else, and and I appreciate that. That as the movie moves through different, like through different genres, that it like the look and feel of it changes along the way. I think it's uh, I think it's really cool. Um, so there's a great little training montage. You know, basically she's she is learning the ways of Pai Mei, and then we get back to the graveyard and. Uh, she basically punches her way out of the grave, um, which leads to a great scene of her walking out of the graveyard and that guy in the diner just watching her like walk out of the graveyard. Well, across the well first, there's that cool scene of her climbing out of the ground. Yes, where the camera follows her, like, mm-hmm. um, if, like in The Simpsons, like when you see like when they cut from the living room and go up upstairs, they yes. go through the floorboards and all that yes. shit. It was, it reminded me of a cartoon. I really liked it. It's really cool. You also get that carry moment where she fucking like punches yeah. out of the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. And then she walks into the diner. The and way she sits that down can- at that counter. Yeah. Can I get yeah. a glass of water or whatever she says? Can I get a glass of water? <laughs> very cool. Um, and then we cut to L driving through the desert again. All this is just filmed like so incredibly. Like she's just driving a car through the desert, and you just fucking put a camera <laughs> in the desert, and you're just capturing production value. Like it just looks fucking great. There's some beautiful shots yeah. in this movie of that desert. It's just really great. Um, and then uh, she shows up to Bud's house to. Uh, Excuse me to uh, buy the sword. Bud is making some margaritas that I probably would not have drank just because uh, his house does not seem very clean, and he's got the world's oldest ice cube tray for some reason. <laughs> I don't even think they were make the glasses he was serving them in were were that like fucking light fixtures that he unscrewed from the porch light? I thought they were just mason jars. <laughs> oh no, I thought they were like those screw on fucking glass fixtures. <laughs> They put around a bug light. <laughs> they might have been, um, and he's just like and sloshing just the scene, margaritas everywhere. Yes, that was so unsettling to me. I don't know why it bothered me so bad. Him just sloshing the margarita, and when he reaches for the cabinet, at one yeah. point he like reaches with the pitcher in his hand, and it just it like just flings slings all over. over the kitchen. This is why it bothers you, is because you know that he does that with everything. He's just slinging shit everywhere, and he's never cleaning it. Um, yeah, that trailer burnt. And she took a drink out of that mason jar light fixture, which I would would not have. 
Um, anyway, she gives him a bag full of money, and then uh, he opens the money, and whoop, there's a snake in there. Um, a black mamba, to be specific. And, there's uh, a snake in my loot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no um, and uh, that snake just done bit his face just not very nice a couple of times yep and then uh, relevant and fitting That's because uh, uh, the bride's nickname all we know her as right now the bride her um, like assassin nickname is black mamba so. yeah mm-hmm and it was a black mamba snake. That's right. Um, Get which, it? Mm-hmm. Because L uh, <laughs> immediately calls Bill and says, "Oh, she killed him. She used a black mamba snake." Um, but don't worry, I killed her. Um, so now she's got the sword. Um, she gets to take credit for killing the bride, and she got to kill Bud because she just, you know, L's just she's just not very nice. Man, her reading to him how he'll die yeah. while he's dying. So badass. I yeah, love it so much. Hannah. The whole time she's on, on screen, she's fucking just Dude. A, a badass. She complete is, and utter badass. She is unbelievable. She's so great. Um and uh but that's when uh that's when the bride shows up, kicks through the fucking door. Um, that was fucking great. It was awesome. Uh, and then we get the trailer fight, which the whole trailer fight is fucking so good. Like, um, they're like beating each other's ass, throwing each other through the walls. Um, there's this awesome moment where Uma Thurman is like drowning Daryl Hannah's character in the toilet. And Daryl Hannah's character has the presence of mind to be like, if I flush the toilet the water will go down and I can catch my breath for a second. <laughs> yeah. Which I've never seen in another movie. Ever. Um, but, uh, and, you know, somebody might be like, well, it's in these 18 movies, but I've never seen them. But even just like the little nuance where uh, the bride, like, just slaps her hand when she goes to flush the... Yeah. That was so cute. I yes. don't know why I thought that was so cute. There's a moment <laughs> where... There's a moment where uh, Daryl Hannah like punches her in the nose, and then Uma Thurman like kind of grabs her nose in the exact same way she grabs her nose in Pulp Fiction, and I'm like, that is not accidental. That's a little Pulp Fiction. No, no, not at uh, all. Easter egg for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, it just oh, hey. it was exactly the same. Right here is where we finally get to know her actual name yes uh before it's when she's on the phone with bill telling him that um that the bride killed that kiddo killed uh bud she uses her actual name and i love that little cut away uh after she says beatrix kiddo of beatrix as an adult in like an elementary school classroom answering yes. roll call, <laughs> being yeah. you know, it's just it, full ass grown Uma Thurman say, <laughs> Yeah, it was really so good. cute. I love that moment. Um, there's another moment I really love here where during the trailer fight, 
uh, Beatrix rolls, just rolls over Bud's dead body. Like it's just there and like, yeah, she falls on it and she just rolls over. Like, it's just hilarious that he's just a, he's just a prop within the fight now because he's dead. Um, Wrote down a lot of cooter kicks in this fight. These ladies are just not being nice to each other's downstairs dirty. at all. Um, and now I, I can speak from experience what it's like to get kicked in the testicles, but I don't know. I imagine getting kicked right in your vagina doesn't feel great. Um, I mean, I have, I will say, I have run square into the corner of a table before. Mm. It it hurt bad. <laughs> All right. So, so I'm going to say verified getting full force right in the, right in the hooner is <laughs> <laughs> why were you running full force into a table? I, maybe not full force. I've walked briskly accidentally into the corner of a table. That was just the perfect height. For uh, uh, for lunar injury, it's bad. <laughs> I tell you, I thought you were just like, well, I was in high school. I like jackass a lot, so <laughs> <laughs> my name's Kendall, and this is jackass. <laughs> Wreckage. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, Beatrix uh, finds a golf bag uh, and amongst the uh, golf clubs is uh, Bud's Hanzo sword. He didn't sell it after oh, all. Oh, <gasps> that rascal. Um, you mean that piece of shit was lying? <laughs> You mean to tell me these two guys? <laughs> um, and then you get that great stare down moment where Daryl Hannah has Uma Thurman's Hanzo sword and Uma Thurman has Michael uh, Madsen's Hanzo sword. Is this the return to the... Yes. No, I believe oh, that happened. Oh, was that with, that with, was when Beatrix was watching Bill. L pull up to, yes, to Bud. That's trailer. right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's this right. is yeah, just we already this, passed that. This is just the stare down where they are framed in that tiny trailer hallway and they're just like staring each other down. But you're just like you're ready for it though, because it's fucking like it's awesome. Um like this is this guy, where um is when Daryl Hannah keeps trying to draw that sword and she keeps getting stuck into the wall because it's such a tiny fucking spot to yeah, fight that, in. That happened earlier, but it was fucking great. Um, this uh, the, is, the the fights in this fucking dude, both these films are he said, so beautifully choreographed. Choreographed. In the Jesus. first film, there's a giant fucking samurai sword fight with all these people set in this giant restaurant and it's so cinematic and crazy and then in the second movie there's this amazing fucking fight in a trailer where there's no room to do anything but it just mm -hmm. like they ah, dude it it just works it is so great um and then uh this is where l revealed that uh she killed pai mei and also that pai mei was who snatched her her eyeball out 
Um, Pluck that some bitch out her head. Yeah. Uh, Got one of the some bitches out. <laughs> Look at it right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, Got one of the bastards eyes. This is one of my favorite lines in the movie um, is where Elle is like talking about the future or whatever and then Beatrix tells her, bitch, you don't have a future. And then uh, snatches her other fucking eyeball out. Yes. Um, Man, that Daryl Hannah squirming and screaming on the floor, just writhing in pain. So Mm -hmm. good. Good. And she leaves. Oh, yeah, her in she there freaks with that, the fuck out. She leaves her in there with that black mamba. Yeah. And then, uh, and she just leaves her in the trailer, and off she goes. And she's like walking out. That that black mamba so easily could have bitten her, and it just didn't. Mm-mm. Because she's the black mamba. That bitch is bad. Mm-hmm. She a bad. She a bad bitch. Yeah, she is that. <laughs> oh, she is. Mm-hmm. Um. Now we are uh, now we are on the road. We're down in old, uh, I'm guessing Mexico, um, mm-hmm. where we meet Esteban. Uh, Michael Esteban. Parks returns. Uh, he's playing uh, not only uh, the sheriff in the first half of the film, but he's playing Esteban, uh, who runs. A pimp? Yes, like a, he runs a brothel yes. or some sort of. He's in the sex trade. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, this is a this is another um, completely different, uh, but equally impressive performance by Michael Parks. Like um, when I was younger, I didn't realize that these were the same guy until like the fucking the credit scene before I knew who this guy was. You know. Um, He's so fucking great. Um, and basically, he was a... Uh, Beatrix explains it in, in voiceover that this guy was like a father figure uh, to Bill. So he would know where to find Bill, I'm guessing. And... Um, so they, they have this like they have this long conversation. Again, it's just tons of really great dialogue here. Um, and, uh, basically, I don't know if you guys can hear them, there's been fucking fireworks going off this whole time, it's just driving me crazy, it's like, happy uh, June 27th, I, I guess. I can't hear any of them, I'm used to hearing the fucking dog bark for two hours. <laughs> 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 I haven't no. heard any fireworks. Yeah, oh my god, they just, it's been all weekend, and it's like, it's June 27th, Psst, freedom. <laughs> Um, that was a really good firework. Thank you. Um, I've been practicing. <laughs> He's going to be in the reboot of Police Academy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, tangent. Uh, it's a quick one. I got an email from Roku telling me that um, HBO Go is going to be discontinued at the end of July. What the fuck is that? Because... Um, that because they were Max. like, well, they made HBO Max, and they're like, we got too many things now. It's it's dumb. So if you pay for, um, so HBO Go is the app you use if HBO is a part of your cable subscription, which is my deal. 
Um, so I use HBO Go to stream HBO because I pay for it as part of my cable package. HBO Now is the uh, the standalone HBO service. That's what I have. And then HBO Max is the new one that is the standalone service but has whatever exclusive features HBO Max And has. it does not have a Roku app because uh, I try to put it on my Roku and it ain't there. Doesn't. So I was just like, how am I going to watch HBO Go? Big Bang Theory. Once they once they <laughs> cancel it. Well, it turns out that they had to renegotiate a bunch of deals. So certain cable packages, if you have HBO through your cable package, you just have access to HBO Max. You don't have to subscribe to it. And Spectrum is one of those. So I now have HBO Max because I pay for HBO as part of my cable package. All that to say... That they have every police academy movie on HBO Max. Goddamn right. <laughs> and I saw that today as I was browsing through it, and I thought of you. And I was like, I'm gonna tell him that on the podcast, and it just came up naturally. Isn't that beautiful? Police academy's coming, y'all. It's coming, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We've been promising it for almost three years. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna be two downloads a week. <laughs> Me and you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, so uh, after, <laughs> after, uh, after convening with Esteban, Beatrix finds out um, where to find Bill. And um, I well, mean, he so readily gave her that information. Yeah, well, um, that's because he he tells her in dialogue. He was like, he was. Um, how else are you going to find him? Like, he wants you to find him, and how else are you going to find him if I don't tell you? Yeah. Um. And so she goes, and I guess Bill's, like, staying at this hotel, or he lives there? I have no idea. Seems like he lives there. Um. Wait, that was a hotel? Yeah, I think so. There's, like, room numbers, and there's a... a a valet and there's like a front desk and stuff. Okay. It felt like just like a, a property that he owned. I mean, that's very possible, but it like this time when I was watching it, it felt like a hotel, but maybe he owned that property, but his room has a number on it. True. Maybe he owns a I resort. I didn't put two and two together. Maybe he owns a resort and he lives there, or maybe he bought a timeshare. You know, he's an older gentleman. Probably. He probably got involved in a timeshare scheme. Yeah, he lives right outside of Disneyland. He just goes there in the summers. Yeah, he's got a young child. Mm, he does. Uh, which we meet. When Spoilers. He, yeah, when Beatrix bursts in to uh, kill Bill, uh, there's a little girl waiting for her there oh. with a toy gun. And uh, she's like, Mommy, you're dead. And um, and that's when she sees her daughter for the first time. And it absolutely uh, catches her off guard, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And how how precious, I know we talked a little bit about this in part one, but just the, like, the super tender moments that she wanted nothing more than to walk through that door and kill this piece of shit. Yep. But she just pauses and takes the time to, like, this precious like bonding moment with her daughter this she so easily could have just killed him right then and there 
The third act of this movie takes a complete left turn because you're ready for you're ready the for the ultimate showdown. Yes, you're ready for the the big like the big fight. Like Bill is the big bad and he's a total fucking badass from all accounts and the guy was trained by Hitori Hanzo and uh and Pai Mei, so you're ready to see these two go at it. And then when she comes through that door, the rest of this movie is extremely uh, dramatic and character driven, and there's a couple of like action sequences, but it, all of this is really portrayed like dramatically with through dialogue, and uh, it, and it's it's incredible. Um, this guy uh, and Bill is just a fucking psycho, by the way. He just is oh, like, yeah, very much so. He's like, we're all gonna have a great time. I'm gonna make us some sandwiches on Bimbo bread, which, by the way. Uh, Bimbo was the bread company that I used to work for. Um, the bread warehouse that I worked at for years was Bimbo Bread, and it's a Mexican bread company that kind of made not a push. Bimbo. It's not Bimbo. It's Bimbo. Because uh, <laughs> that's your slogan. <laughs> yeah. It's not Bimbo. Uh, Bimbo is the name. <laughs> their mascot's a little white bear. He wears a little chef hat. He's super cute. Um, it's a Mexican bread company. They made a big push into the States like 10 years ago or so. And, uh, they bought, uh, Sarah Lee whenever they bought the, the name, whenever Sarah Lee went, uh, bankrupt, uh, they bought that. They also, uh, if you eat Intamins like cookies, donuts or anything, uh, Bimbo owns that also. Uh, colonial bread. If you have a Kroger, uh, or a Walmart, in your area, Bimbo makes all that bread also. So, um, I just I worked it I worked it for Bimbo for a long time. So when I saw that bread package, I had fucking war flashbacks. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and that was bread talk have, with uh, Caleb. As an inside man, do they have instructions on their bread packs that you can only use giant chef's knives when you're <laughs> yeah. preparing? Yes. Preparing a sandwich. <laughs> the <laughs> biggest butcher butcher knife ever. He's spreading fucking mayonnaise on bologna with <laughs> so much mayonnaise. Oh my Gross. god. Um, there's a. We also had all these like uh, these Hispanic like these Mexican like snack cakes, which I was really excited about because they have like hundreds of different varieties. But um, in other countries. They don't make snack cakes with fucking 20 pounds of sugar in every snack cake. So they all tasted like cardboard. <laughs> mm. And one of the big selling items, and then I'll quit talking about bread. One of the you big leave my selling, conscience alone. <laughs> no, no, no. Those are, those are, I mean, I don't like them, but they're fine. Uh, one of the big selling <laughs> no, items no, no, uh. was uh, pre-made toast. It was basically the texture of croutons. And it had like this cream on it that was like super dry. And it was like this frosted toast that was one of their big snack cakes. So it's basically a crouton with like stale like uh, Dunkaroos icing on it. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It sounds like something my mom would have fed You're me when I was a kid. <laughs> that was not See, that's good. That's all we had. I'm not trying to sell you on it. Man, they have all their stuff looks like other stuff. You're like, oh man, is this a Twinkie? And then you bite into it and you're like, oh no, some kind of fruit uh, paste. Why is it's this? It's a Twonky. A- 
they had what looked like Swiss rolls, but inside was some kind of raspberry filling that tasted like it did not taste like it was awful. All those cakes mm, were Colgate. Yeah, it was bad. I remember the first time they came into the warehouse, we were all like, yeah, we're going to eat all this. And then like we opened everything and we were just like, no, nah, never mind. These are terrible. So Bill, he's got some beanbo bread and he's making sandwiches. <laughs> Talking about bread. <laughs> it's called beanbo. Don't call it beanbo now. Um, so, uh, Beatrix uh, lays down with her daughter BB, and um, they're watching Shogun Assassin. And um, as you do, yeah, her BB's uh, wishes. Yeah. Um, and Bill, God damn, he's so fucking like he tells uh he tells the whole story about the goldfish about how BB stepped on the goldfish and knew that she killed it. Um, and then he relates that story to BB being like, I did the same thing to your mother. I shot her. And I knew that it would hurt her, but I got sad, and I didn't know that I'd get sad. But now we're all a happy family, aren't we? Um, <laughs> Yikes! You guys, nuts. Um, so uh, that's when uh, Beatrix comes out, and he gives the uh, Superman monologue. Um, that's some great dialogue. It's so good. Like the whole point being that every other superhero is you know, a person, and then they put on a costume, and then they become a superhero. But Superman is Superman. His costume is Clark Kent. Um, and he, that the whole point of that conversation is that Beatrix is a killer. And if she pretends to, you know, be, she gets married in Texas to this guy who owns a record shop, like, that's a costume she's wearing, but she'll always be a killer uh, inside. Um, and then he shoots her with truth serum. Very interesting. Um, His own version of truth serum. Yes, that he invented himself, he says. And then he asks her some questions. Um, Man, when he shoots her, he asks, he tells her, like, the only side effect she'll feel is a state of euphoria. And he asks her, do you feel yes. it? And her just like, no. No. And he's like, huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, Well, that's too bad. Yeah, interesting. Um, and then, uh, and she, like, she tries to go for his Hanzo sword, but he shoots the TV that it's sitting on. And then he shoots a piece of fruit in front of her. And then he threatens to shoot her in the leg. And then he's like, nah, I'm just fucking around. And it's just like, I mean, he's a, he's a legitimate psychopath. Um, so then he asks her why she left with the baby. And then we get the great flashback to she's on a mission she wasn't feeling well so she took a pregnancy test and this whole hotel room pregnancy test scene is amazing where this other female assassin shows up to kill her um shoots a hole through the door that only misses Beatrix because she bent down to pick up the pregnancy test she dropped and there's this kind of like standoff with them each pointing guns at each other um and uh the lighting in this scene yes Oh, so good. It, it's so great. And then she's convincing this other assassin that she just found out she's pregnant. And the assassin looks at the pregnancy test and she's like, I don't know how to fucking read these things. And she's like, well, the box is right there. So now she's reading the box to learn how to With read the With a gun pre- held to her. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> to learn how to read the pregnancy test to see if this lady's lying. And then they decide to go their separate ways in peace. But there's that great moment where she sticks her head back in the hole of the door and she's just like, Congratulations. <laughs> it's such a tarantino moment but i just i loved it so much it was so silly um so they you know they have these conversations and now bill is sitting at his table outside and beatrix sits um at the same table across from him and they're having this conversation and um again the all the dialogue is just about how you know all the dialogue just conveys that like they these two people do love each other um fucking land of the free going on outside it's really bothering me damn Um, right it's america brother yeah (laughs) um so uh, the the dialogue here is just like really establishes their connection and then it makes this next part really meaningful where they have this fucking seated sword fight for a second which was really cool mm-hmm. um like they are trying to kill each other they never stand up from the table and then uh Beatrix hits him with the 5 point palm exploding uh heart technique and uh, and that's it. That's the end of the fight. And he is in shock um, that she knows it because Pai Mei doesn't teach it to anybody. And he's like, he taught you the, the technique. And she was like, of course he did. And like she is devastated to have killed him. And yeah. he is reeling from the fact that she did kill him. And it's it, like it flips the whole two movies on its head because like she has she could not wait to murder this guy and when the moment came to it like it was hard because she loves him like she really loves him um but she knows that that he has to die um for what he'd done and um so yeah, i feel that, like he's proud of her too he in a, like a weird way he is proud of her like it's like not only because she did what she had to do but she bested him and uh, she is what he always thought she was, you know. It's a real Joker, Harley Quinn fucking thing going on. It really is. Stockholm Syndrome, fucking both psychopaths. Absolutely. It's crazy. And there's that great moment where he wipes the blood off of his mouth and he asks, how do I look? And she says, you look ready. And then he gets up and he takes, you know, the five steps and then he just fucking collapses. And the score is just huge and amazing here mm-hmm. um, fucking great Beatrix uh, grabs BB and they leave uh, we cut to the next morning they're in a hotel room and uh, they're uh, you know her daughter's watching watching a, a problematic cartoon yep slightly and uh, heckle and jekyll and uh, Beatrix is in the floor of the bathroom crying, but also laughing. Like, she's like, I guess, happy to have gotten her daughter back and happy to have completed her mission, but also heartbroken at, like, what she had to go through to do it. And um, she's just really, there's a lot of emotions in that moment. Um, and then she comes out and she... Uh, she like holds her daughter and they watch cartoons together and then that's end credits man 
two sets of end credits. You get like the volume one end credits, and then you get the the volume yeah. two. Yeah, man, credits. and that Chingong song, that Malaguena Salarosa. Yeah. I love that song so much. One of my like all-time favorite songs, but of course Robert Robert Rodriguez. Yep, it was so good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so the movie does the thing where uh, they show the characters of the film. Um, you know, uh, Vivica A. Fox as you know. Uh, yeah. And they do this for everyone, and so it's like a frame from the movie. When they get to fucking Bill, his in credit frame is just him lying dead in the grass. <laughs> dead in the grass. And it made me fucking laugh so hard. Like I was you don't even like, see his face. You no, see his feet. You see his feet. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Um, and then you get the uh, after you get after you get the. If you get all those, you get the super retro uh, ending credits, was like fifty style. Um, yeah. And then at the very end of that, there's like an outtake of Uma Thurman like ripping a guy's eyeball out from the the first half of the movie, which was cool. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. That's Kill Bill. Good stuff. She done killed Bill. Bill's killed. He's dead in hell. He sure is. Uh, yeah, man, that's the film. Uh, great movie. Agreed. Great film. Yeah, just uh, two halves of like one just fucking amazing piece of work. Like, just so cool. Like, the first half of the movie is just all action and it's crazy and it's like mind blowing. And then, like, this whole second half of the movie is like. How do you follow that up? And they're like, oh, well, this is where all the emotional drama is going to be anchored. And uh, and there's still some great fights in here, too. But, like, it just, I don't know. Like, again, like I said, that third act is just not what you expect from this, like, bloodthirsty revenge film. It's uh, it's really, like, um, emotional and, and, and very dramatic. And I loved it. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um now Tarantino was has has been toying around with a third one for a long time. Yep. And then I think it was like 2012. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." But in 2019, he said him and Uma Thurman were actually talking about a third one. Yeah. And he has already mapped out the entire Kill Bill mythology. Yes. Like he he has enough ideas for like two or three more movies. He said, and it would Vivica A. Fox's kid would come back into it. Of Her course. kid would come in. Uh, BB would come into it. You know, it's just he has it all mapped out just in case he ever did more movies. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe interest has sparked, and maybe he's written something during this downtime that we're currently in. I hope so. I would love to see it. Because um, Uma Thurman said that she was, uh, she's got the itch to play her again. He's all, he's also bad about announcing things he's going to do and then never doing them. Not nearly as bad as, say, uh, Guillermo del Toro, who's like, I'm making <laughs> yeah. these 45 movies, and then they just never happen. Um, but uh, I, I he, he has been back and forth on a third Kill Bill for a long time, so I would love to see it. Um, you know, Bill is dead, so I don't know what you call it, but... Um, I uh, I'd love to see it if they do it. I would love to go back to 
Ooh, excuse me. To this universe. Well, we'll see what happens. Is it called Kill Bill One Mo Again? Because I'm there. Kilt Bill. Kilt Bill. I like it. Killed Bill. I would watch it. Uh, yeah, man. I'm glad we talked about these. That was a that was a whole lot of fun. Good stuff. Good Perfect stuff. way to wrap up our revenge series. Very much so. And uh, and that's it, folks. Uh, no more revenge films for now. We we may revisit this. There's plenty more out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, next week we're gonna be kicking off a brand new limited series. And uh, Doug, why don't you give the people a little sneak peek of what that's gonna be? Should I? Because we aren't prepared for it. Uh, we'll we'll be prepared by next week. Okay. Well, next month, uh, well, next week and month, mm-hmm. we are calling this series cutely named uh, July U, where we talk about the PBS show Caillou yes. and how terrible it fucking is. He no. doesn't have hair, but he's got a lot of hearties. Caillou. Uh, that's the only show that is forbidden in my house. <laughs> my kids are not allowed to watch that because he teaches them that it's okay to throw a fit and get your way. Oh my God. Elliot's going to get a tattoo of Caillou on his butt cheek. <laughs> what daddy don't know <laughs> won't hurt him. Yep. It's going to hurt me in the long run. He's going to grow up and have be a Caillou enthusiast. <laughs> I need to make sure. I need you to confirm that that was a Waterboy reference for me. Okay. It was. Roy Orbison? Yeah. <laughs> In 30 years, Elliot's pulling his pants down for some Waterboy, showing him a Caillou tattoo on his butt. How do you remember any dialogue from Waterboy? <laughs> That's a great film. How do you forget? I haven't seen. Waterboy in fuck probably twenty years. It's worth. It's time. It's time. Doug. <laughs> I mean, Buck's friend is in it. Full circle. <laughs> hey, Waterboy. Well, you know, all July long, we'll Not be talking Waterboy. <laughs> we'll be talking Waterboy every week. All the episodes are dedicated. Each week, we're breaking down another character in detail. Mm-hmm. So I thought we were we were calling this series. This is a little inside baseball. Sorry, uh, but I thought we were calling this Kaiju Lie, or is it? Either one works. It doesn't matter. Like I said, we are not prepared for it, so we can change the name. Well, we're usually very much prepared, but not at all this go around. Well, I mean, we just got to pick movies, but um, either way, we're talking Kaiju films next month. Yes. Because nothing says freedom like a big monster crushing a city. Like a big Japanese monster. Nothing says America <laughs> like <laughs> Japanese films. And I'm proud to stand up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, July you, Kai July you, one of those. You'll see it. You'll hear it. Next week. That's right. And I'll be asleep through it like I have been this entire series. Uh, we'll be talking about... Oh, this series has been lively. I thought has so. it? I've, I've been fucking 
I think the only I think the only movie How I was really asleep during was maybe the very maybe old boy I think I was pretty tired for. But um pretty tired. <laughs> I'm pretty tired. Uh yeah, so um what did you, what are some of your favorite kaiju films? Maybe we'll be talking yeah. about them. Yeah. Um but you know uh we'll be uh we'll be talking about some of ours. I you know uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited because I haven't seen a ton. I mean, I used to watch a bunch when I was a kid, but I mean, as an adult, not something that I've spent a lot of time with. So, uh, it'll be fun to. Be I'll fun be honest. I will. Uh, this will be my uh, my first. Uh, yeah, look at any. I don't know anything about kaiju. What have you? Well, I'm a lifelong fan. Of these monster flicks, so it's gonna be fun. Can you for for the the plebes like myself? Can you maybe give us a short description of of what kaiju even is? Well, uh, kaiju is just uh, monster films. Die kaiju are the giant monsters like Godzilla and all that, but it's in the under the category of kaiju. Um. Basically, giant monsters. They're all metaphors for something. Mm-hmm. So, are go. they? They're they're all Japanese films. Is that correct? No, I mean it. We kind of started. Kaiju is a Japanese word, of course, but we kind of started the genre with King Kong and the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms and all that kind of stuff. The Harryhausen stuff and and uh, the Japanese fucking hyper loved it and made their own and changed the game with Godzilla and you know all that good stuff but other countries have it um, there's some good South Korean kaiju films there's a, there's really a couple. good North Korean one <laughs> I wouldn't call it good the story <laughs> of the making of that movie is way more interesting than the movie itself um uh, there's some Chinese ones. There's American ones. There's a. I even think there's a Canadian one. <laughs> hey, <laughs> they come from all over. And um, there's Ponte, a Scottish one. Pontypool. Oh my god. <laughs> but, no. yeah. Kiss is kill. Oh god. Continue. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Oh, god. That's basically it. Yeah. Basically, big monsters just. They don't belong in cities because they're too big. And <laughs> go on, get, get. <laughs> I used to get so mad when I was a kid. I'd be like, it is not Godzilla's fault. Shouldn't have built that city there. We built this city. All right. Um, yeah, kaiju films start next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I hope y'all don't fucking hate all these movies. No, I've, I mean I've seen a bunch of them. So, but I ain't seen it. So, do I we mean, want to go for the serious ones or do we want to go for the fucking outright goofy ones? I mean, let's mix it up. Yeah, we, can, we, do, we can do a bit of both. Okay. Yeah, monsters all yeah. July long. Celebrate freedom with some giant monsters. Yeah, that was, get you some. <laughs> Where are you going to get me? <laughs> uh, 
That's a reference. People from Memphis will understand that. <laughs> Gator bag. That's my kaiju film. <laughs> oh my god! A it's Gator commercial bag. from Memphis. <laughs> How do we stop Gator bag? That's thirty years old. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that kicks off next week. Next week. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We got, I mean, we got, we got most of the year planned out. Um, We've just been coming up with some. Yeah, we do. We've been coming up with some cool stuff, so. Going to be fun, folks, but uh, July is going to belong to the monsters, so. Going to be neat. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's kick it on over to the horror horn shoe. Um, where I've got a little bit of shoe to horn. We're getting a new Evil Dead film, everybody. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead Rises? Rise. Like, oh, like, like Batman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Evil Dead Rise. It was called Evil Dead Now, and then they changed it. Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Now. I don't like that. Yeah, they changed it. Um, okay, good. They got my letters. They got <laughs> they got a director who I'm not <laughs> familiar with, but um, Bruce who is Kim, it? I can't remember his name. Lee Gordon, maybe something like that. Yep, <laughs> never heard of him. Yeah, uh, the movie that they named that this person directed, I was also not familiar with. But um, I'll I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, Bruce Campbell said that. Um, it's called Evil Dead Rise, and this guy said that um, it will not take place in a cabin in the woods. They are changing things up. You know, it's been done. It's yeah. been done a million times. Let's let's see some other settings. Rumor is that it'll take place in like a skyscraper, like a high-rise type building, hence the name <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. You can get all kinds of shenanigans going on there. Yeah, you sure could. Um, so... Uh, that is in the works. It's coming. I believe Sam Raimi's producing it with Bruce Campbell, um, with this new director attached. So I don't know. It will be no Ash, that's for sure. I don't know if it'll have any connection to the 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 remake or if it's going to be. I don't. I guess we'll find out. Surely we'll have a cameo, right? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It could just be its own thing. Also, who knows? Maybe we'll just be get. Maybe we'll just be getting like movies from the Evil Dead universe that don't really uh, connect to one another outside of uh, you know, the Necronomicon. E- Evil's a big ass thing; it can be yeah. everywhere. You can have evil anywhere. You can have it tattooed on your butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is uh, that is coming. So some new Evil Dead uh, to look forward to, uh, which I'm pretty excited about, especially the idea of it being, you know its own thing or you know something completely new that sounds interesting to me why not property's just sitting there and not doing anything with it okay the director's name is leroy cronin okay no lee cronin i'm sorry i don't know where i got leroy from i'm an I, idiot <laughs> um and he has directed the hole in the ground never heard of it yep same okay cool he's done oh. a bunch of short films one called Ghost Train. Oh, the train that is full of ghosts, ghost trains. So connected to the ghost ship franchise. <laughs> he does a lot of uh, he does a lot of spinoffs. 
That's good. Hmm. Well, good on you, Leroy. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's good. <laughs> that isn't your name? I'll be checking it out. Hell, why not? Why not? It's Evil Dead. I'm, I'm there. Uh, yeah, everybody shit on that remake, and it was fucking phenomenal. So, hey, I gotta tell you, I, I mean, had, like leading up to the remake, yeah, people, I were, had low like, then people saw it and were like, "Whoa, okay." I had low expectations, um, but I was uh, I was pretty blown away, and uh, still love it. Great movie. I'd like to see a Mia cameo. I'm not gonna lie, because she would, was great in that flick. But you know what? It. But if, if they, she ain't there, it's good. You know, Fine. she's got her own TV show where she fucking hears music. It was terrible. I tried oh watching God. it because I, I, I just like her so much. She's so good, but I, I fucking couldn't make it through that show. It was I, awful. I can't get wait behind, what? I can't get behind super gimmicky shows like that. What is her fucking real name? Something Lee. Jane it's not something Levy. 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 She has a show where like. What is it? It's called like Zoe's, Zoe's playlist. In, Zoe's incredible like playlist that. or whatever, some stupid shit like that. It's it's a, a hyper gimmick sitcom, and it's it's just super annoying. Like the whole world is a musical that she hears, and only she can hear it, and only she I've can hear it. it, and it's like pop songs and stuff too. It's super annoying. Yeah, it's like it's like I don't know. I it looks so stupid. Um, is she going to be in the Don't Breathe sequel? I don't know. She should be. If she's not, what's the point? I don't know. Um, All right. Well, uh, we're also getting a Twister reboot. Uh, why? Let me tell you something. If you want to remake Twister, that's fine. But a single movie that has no franchise does not need to be rebooted. You know what I'm saying? Like, a reboot is like a freshening up of a franchise. Like, that's one movie. And also, are you? do you mean to tell me... Now, I know the reason why. is because they call it Twister and everyone will go see it. But you mean to tell me you couldn't come up with another Tornado movie? Sharknado. Yeah, you couldn't just be like, Twirly Wind. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Twirly Wind, y'all. Now, maybe that's not the title. But, um... Yeah, <laughs> Are you, I don't know. That's a good one. They should keep it. <laughs> it's a working title, at least. Um, but I mean, was the storyline of Twister so great that you need to like find a way to reboot that, or could we just have called it something else and just a different story that takes place around tornadoes? Is it just going to be one of those? You know, uh, it's going to be called a reboot. But when we see it, fucking Helen Hunt comes in and she's got a shotgun. She's like, I know how to take care of this tornado. <laughs> <laughs> she's like fucking Linda Hamilton in that new Terminator movie she's like I've seen these before she dun, rides dun, a cow into a fucking think, tornado and just shoots it I think it's Jamie Gertz this time definitely is she still alive definitely is she? Yeah. I mean you don't know for sure you just said definitely you don't know her life oh she is <laughs> Maybe I you, am maybe you the follow her. <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> I did forget about that. So anyway, new Evil Dead, new Twister. Don't get it twisted. It's coming. That's what they should call Damn. it. Damn, Twister came out in '96. I didn't realize it was that old. That shit's wild, dude. What's really wild is that both uh, Bill Paxton and Philip Seymour Hoffman have passed away. And they're yeah. both in that film. 
Um, I like that movie a lot. It is super fun. It is not. But what not I Jamie Kurtz. It is not what I would call. Like hey, a, she's still alive. I just confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> she's still alive. <laughs> she's gonna. Oh she's gonna grab a fucking grenade and go in with her and kill those tornadoes. I'll show you. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. They're, they're quote rebooting Twister. It was the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But um, more yeah, well, tornado whatever. movies. I, I'm I'm into it. I love disaster movies. I think they should make more of them. So what other tornado movies are there? It's got to be some. Night of the I know Twister. Big Top Pee Wee. Um. Uh. There was <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Um, there, I mean, where it's tornado centric. Okay. Well, I was gonna say there was there was hurricane heist, but that was a hurricane. So, yeah, that doesn't meet the criteria. <laughs> My, there's that one where the rednecks revolt against the tornadoes. It's just called Naders. You just made that up. Get out of here. Get out of here. There's a bunch of them. There's one called Christmas Twister. A meteorologist discovers a massive storm system is about to strike Texas on Christmas. No. Please tell me that's real. Titty Twister. I'm writing it. I'm writing it right now. Let me hang up. I mean, those movies do exist for sure. What other tornado movies are there, Doug? I know there's Sharknado. I mean, I think we really hit the peak um, there. Into the Storm from 2014. I've seen Into the Storm. Twister, Sharknado, the Sharknado franchise, The Day After Tomorrow. I thought that was like all weather, not just tornadoes. I mean, I guess the tornado showed up. Alien tornado. As aliens attack Earth using deadly electrical tornadoes, a farmer, his high school daughter, and a tornado blogger race against the clock to find a way to thwart the impending invasion. Christmas Twister. Better and better. <laughs> <Naders>. <laughs> oh, there's one called Where Was God? <laughs> what God, Trish? I think it's one of those Jesus movies where they're all like, you know what? This brought us all together. Maybe God was in that tornado. <laughs> oh, man. Elise and I saw I can Trish. only man. <laughs> I can only tornado. Um... <laughs> Elise and I saw um, Elise and I saw a trailer for one of those Jesus movies. Um, it's about this guy who's like the basketball coach, and they're just like, "Hank, you ain't got it no more. You got to coach cross country now." And he's Is that like, "But Ben Affleck, no." And he's like, <laughs> "This guy, no, this guy looks like Bill Ingvall." Um, and he's all like, "Now come on, now how am I gonna coach cross country? I ain't run a day in my life." And his wife's all like, I don't have legs. <laughs> it's just Randy Travis from the music. Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt. I mean, Travis Tritt. They're all the same. Whoa, now. Hey, now. <laughs> What'd you say about Randy Travis? You um, knew what I meant. Close to So, um, his wife's all like, maybe this is just what God wants you to do to prove your worth or whatever. And he's like, all right, I'll coach cross country. And only one person shows up and it's a little black girl. And he's just like, how am I going to teach this black girl how to run? And then they're like, whoa, shit, she fast as hell. And then so. Hot <laughs> fire. 
So then they show up to the cross country meet, and he's like, "Where's your team, coach?" And he's like, "She's right there." And it's just like one, <laughs> one girl that runs for this team. One girl takes on a whole team. Yeah, she inspires the world, and it's just—I mean, it is. And there's a scene. She can only imagine. And there's always a scene in these trailers for these fast movies as hell. where they cut to the coach, and he's just like. How am I gonna do this, Lord? And he's like got his hands up or whatever. And it's just like Jesus take the wheel. Oh my god, it's so all of them. It's the greatest hits so of Jesus. Bad. Rock. Are are you responsible for the score and that's how you know everything? <laughs> I wrote all those songs. There's a there was one there was one that was there was one that was made and it's based on a story from here, from like St. Charles. Um, <laughs> where, about to pass out. where a little boy falls through the ice um, oh, yeah. it, or something like that um, who's that dude he played Luke Cage Luke right? Cage he was, is in he it was, yeah, he's in it he's the EMT that saves the little boy and he's like what if I don't believe in God and the other EMT is like God don't need you to brother and uh, <laughs> God played by Hulk Hogan <laughs> And then the it's the lady from This Is Us that that big lady that's like, uh, she's like the star of This Is Us, and she's in the movie, and she's like, I surrender, Lord, and I'm like, get the fuck. That's my purse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it is just every one of those movies is the same. It's just I remember bad. When, I remember when that came out like. People were flocking to it because we live in the area that, yes. that the story's based on. Oh, some people I work with were like, I saw it and it was just beautiful. And I'm like, that movie looked like. I saw it and I can only imagine. <laughs> I was just like, that movie looked like dog shit. <laughs> like God's Not Dead 2. When, when fucking Kevin Sorbo's like, you got to write an essay about how God's not real. And then the kid's like, I can't do what you want because I'm a Christian. And it's just like, did dude, you fail? Like, dude, just write the fucking essay, you idiot. Like, just, you don't have to believe it. It's schoolwork. Like, just fucking get it done. Ugh. Anyway, all those movies are the same. Anyway, all that to say, there's no tornadoes in this one, but there is a little no. girl who runs across country. <laughs> mm hmm. Very similar. And it's called, like, Running with the Lord or some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> Running with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the Westboro Baptist Church would like repurpose like pop songs to make them about how gay people were going to hell it's just they, didn't they release an entire Christmas album where they just yes. put different words to classic Christmas carols oh my god what a bunch of yep, fucking... So tornadoes, everybody. I wish the tornado What's your favorite tornado them? film? HarvardRantsPod <laughs> at gmail.com. God's Revenge-nator. And he's like, you don't speak for me. <laughs> he sends a twirly wind after him. <laughs> Beware of the twirly winds. <clears throat> There's one called Ice Tornado. Whoa. Ice Tornado. Which I bet you can't tell you what that's about. <laughs> It's a tornado, but it's cold. <laughs> Does it have Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, it's got like his brother Billy Schwarzenegger or something in it. <laughs> it's a fucking Z you. fucking film. <laughs> I get it. 
I'm like, okay, so this chair has broke some more, so I'm leaning like way over to the right because it's just like it's gonna go any minute. Um, yeah, that's all the news I got. Why don't we kick it on over to the rants recommends? Rants recommends you should watch these movies or don't. We can't tell you how to live your life, Naders. <laughs> yeah, I'm recommending Naders, a movie that I'm writing and filming this week. Uh, about a bunch of <laughs> coming this fall about Christmas Tornado of, 2 written by us about a bunch of rednecks who were like you took my home and my mama and I want her back <laughs> <laughs> damn you naders <laughs> <laughs> like the man that guy hates Ralph Nader and he's like no he's trying to say tornado no, but no, he's simple his his mom was kidnapped by a tornado. His mama got took by the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we gotta we gotta shell out the money for Against the Wind by Bob Seger to be in that movie. <laughs> if we don't, we're fooled. He's like, I'm just like you, Bob. I'm against the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm being a little. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, oh. Uh. <clears throat> it plays when he like after he beats the tornado. <laughs> and he's like, the city's like, thank you. And he's like, no. He's like, my job's not done. There's still more tornadoes. <laughs> There's always tornadoes. And he rides his against fucking- the wind. <laughs> he's right into the sunset. <laughs> Kendall, you need to go change your britches? Oh, shit. I can't even get the words out. It was just a little. I think I'm okay until we're done. Oh, shit. My face hurts. I laughed so hard. All right. You guys got anything to recommend besides that perfect movie I just came up with? How can we compete with Naders? (laughs) That's what they ask him. I'll show you. That's the tagline. got some recommends profound i got some (laughs) all right hit it doug hit it all right um i actually have i have four Ooh. i actually watched tv this week go for it um the first one up i watched a movie on uh shutter called scare package oh i saw a lot of people talking about this now it is a Joe Bob did a thing on yes. the uh, drive-in, so I watched his and uh, man, is it fun! It's an anthology, right? It is an anthology. Yeah. Um, with eight stories instead of four. Whoa! And two wraparounds. I like that. Very interesting how they do them, and of course, all it's an anthology. Not all the stories are going to work, but most of them do, and lots of fun. Highly recommend. Scare package. Scare package. Yeah, I saw people talking about this, and then when Joe Bob did it, people freaked out because they were like, "Oh man, he's talking about." It scare was package. fun, man. It was really fun. Some of those, some of those stories could have been shaved off because some of them are just stupid as hell. Yeah. But um, this is very low budget, and 
there's one story in particular that has a fuck ton of gore in it and it's done real well sweet yeah so it's just a good time just a stupid little horror movie to watch when you're bored sounds, scare package sounds good <clears throat> shutter exclusive uh what else did i watch if my phone would come on here I finally got around to seeing um, Knives Out. Ooh. Man, that is a good movie. Dude, that is a great movie. Um, like, yes. you just now watch it for the first time? Yes. And, man, I was blown away by how good it was. Everyone said it was good, but you know me. I'm just all like, yeah, fuck you. Too I'm many too cool people, for school. I'm too, too busy writing letters with good. Caleb. <laughs> but, man. It is delightful. Yeah, it's so great. Like the, um, all the characters are so great. Um, mm-hmm. ton of great performances. I love it because <clears throat> Chris Evans has been, you know, Captain America for the past decade, and then he gets to like play just a complete, just fucking dick. He's such like, a dick. Oh, yeah. he's so great. And he used to play roles like that back in the day, like before he was <laughs> America's ass. He was America's asshole. And uh, so it was kind of mm-hmm. nice to see him do that. Daniel Craig, fucking incredible. Um, Ryan Johnson's writing another one of these movies. I can't wait. Another Benoit Block mystery. Um, oh, so he's going to be like the reoccurring yep. <clears throat> dude? Yes. Yeah, it's, man, Very super exciting. solid flick. Everyone's amazing in it. Yeah. And it's really funny, and it's also like a really good mystery. But they also, uh, they also like flip it on its head because like twenty minutes into the movie, they're like, "Here's what actually happened," and then mm-hmm. the what plays out is like why it happened instead of like what happened. I don't know. It's very very interesting way to do that. What's uh, what's her name? The the like main woman. Ana de Armas, I think. Yes. I love her. Oh, she's awesome. good. Yeah. I this is the first time I've seen her in anything. She was, she's really good. Yeah. She's she been be, in the other thing. She's been in some stuff, but she's like, she's kind of just breaking. She's going to be in the new, um, she's going to be in the new James <coughs> Bond movie. What was her name? Rock me Amadeus. <laughs> yes. Ana de Armas. Okay. I believe. I'll have to see what else she was in. Yeah. She was great. But Yeah. That's a high recommend. That yeah. was very delightful. Excellent, excellent film. Mm-hmm. The hype is real with that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Hey, Ryan um, Johnson. Ryan Johnson comes with the goods, man. That guy. That guy's yeah. really, really talented. What else has he done besides Looper and Star Wars? <clears throat> he did this movie called Brick with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is like a noir mystery set in a high school. It's very, very good. Um, and he did the brothers. He did the brothers Bloom, which is a movie that nobody saw. But it's very. I've heard of that. It's very Knives Out. It's got a very Knives Out <laughs> energy to it. It's got uh, Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody and uh, forget the other guy off the top of my head. But Into it. It's a. It's a. It's really really good. If you like Knives Out, you probably dig it. It's very. Uh, it's got a, that feel to it. Cool, cool. Yeah, cool. I, and and the Last Jedi, obviously, but you know he's he's a young guy, and he's just uh, he he's got a pretty solid body of work already. I'll be excited to watch him keep making movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. 
Um, uh, I also got a free trial of HBO Max. Ooh, baby. Um, but I couldn't do anything with it because there's no Roku app. So I had to hook my fucking computer to the TV with the HDMI cable. And me and my family watched the new Scooby-Doo movie, and it is excellent. Oh. Everyone is shitting on it left and right, yeah, but it is good I, family fun. But every, I am super biased because I am a giant Scooby-Doo fan. Everything I read about it said it was super generic. It's a long episode of Scooby-Doo. I mean, they hit the tone of Scooby-Doo right on the head. The only thing that's jarring is the voice actors it's not the same ones that you know it's yeah. it's stars yeah so i'm uh yeah we're gonna not watch casey casey <clears throat> nope he's been dead for a while <laughs> well i don't know why i laughed i wasn't i loved casey casey um well matthew lillard's been the fucking voice of shaggy since but he's but he's not now right he just retired literally just retired like two months ago wow i don't know who's taking over um but <clears throat> yeah we're gonna watch out. it we're gonna watch it with grayson uh but yeah it's a good it's a great kids movie i wasn't deterred by the 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 reviews for it i just wasn't going to that's right oh I, I wasn't gonna pay 20 dollars to watch it uh, same i wanted to see it because it's scooby-doo but um yeah. i was i was gonna wait till it was cheaper yeah but and free is pretty cheap yeah, we pay for HBO anyway. Now that that gives us access to HBO Max, we'll be able to uh, be able to check it out. Yeah, it's called Scoob with an exclamation point. I remember seeing the know. trailer and I loved the animation. I thought that was a really nice. The animation is really good. It's yeah. it's really solid too. Um, yeah, it's just a good yeah. time. Good family flick. Well, I don't need nothing but a good time, Doug. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a documentary called Cleaning Up the Town, <clears throat> excuse me, which is fucking phenomenal. I've been following the making of this documentary for 12 years, and it finally got released. And it's the most in-depth documentary, in-depth anything about Ghostbusters mm. that you'll ever see. Interesting. Bunch of shit oh. that I didn't know. That's saying something. It is. Because I have dedicated my life to all things Ghostbusters, so and um, it's available on Crackle. That's still a thing. Ooh, I didn't know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm learning all kinds. That's of about it. Here. That's all I got. That's all he's got. <laughs> Kendall. Um. I watched, I've, well, something I watched and something I've been watching. Um, I watched a documentary this week, um, a Netflix original called Disclosure, um, which is, it's a look at um, trans representation in, uh, really eye-opening. Do I sorry, there was like a... You lagged right there. Is trans representation in what? In cinema. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's it's like eye-opening, heartbreaking, also inspiring all at the same time. It's really, really good. Um, and kind of in the same vein, I've been watching Pose, 
um, which is a series. Um, I think I've been watching it on Netflix. Yeah. It's, um, it stars Billy Porter. Are you guys familiar with Pose at all? Nope. Um, it is, it's like, <clears throat> it's an, a look into, um, like late eighties trans culture, pretty much. It's, it's really good. Really, really good. The second season just came out. It's, uh, yeah. And this is on Netflix? Yes. Pose. Netflix original? You know, I'm not sure. Hmm. No, I've never heard of it. It's really I have not heard of it either. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's all. Uh, that's all I've watched and have been watching. All right. And I recommend them both. I recommend them both. Um, and they pair really well because they're the same. Subject matter, pretty much. Aside cool, from, cool, cool. Uh, you know, my film, Naders, which I want you all to see uh, when it hits theaters next week, apparently. Um, I watched, um, Elise and I watched, uh, we bought and watched some episodes of uh, Dark Side of the Ring Season 2. Woo, that's some good stuff. Yeah, man. We watched the Owen Hart episode, which was really good. And Sad we, as hell. Yeah. And then we watched the Chris Benoit episodes, which were really, really hard to watch, honestly. Like, that was pretty dark. Um, Very much so. If, if you're not into wrestling uh, and you're a true crime fan, watch those episodes because... It's just a fucked up true crime story. Oh man, it, that was rough. Like Elise has no con. Like Elise has no like con- <laughs> no conscious. <laughs> Elise has no like uh, concept of who Chris Benoit is. Um, but she was like, she was blown away by that two part episode. She was just like, oh my god. She was like, I don't know this guy, but this is like so sad and fucked up. Yeah, it's just a it's just a bad situation. I was pretty shocked. I guess not shocked, but I didn't realize that so much of the episode was going to be about Eddie uh, Guerrero. Um, but it just really leads into the the whole thing with Chris. But yeah, um, we watched that. It was really good. That show is so well made um, in terms of like, you know, it just the production quality is great. And then uh, the what they it really do. Is. What they do with the reenactments, with like the way they light it and the way it's like blurry, instead of doing like super cheesy, like <laughs> well, Elise watches a lot of true crime shows, and I've seen a lot of them, even the good ones. They're like when they get to the reenactment, it's just like they're interviewing the the real person, and then they the reenacting person looks. I mean, sometimes they're a different race, and they're like two hundred pounds heavier, and they're like, "Come on, Kathy, I'm gonna murder you." And it's just so bad. <laughs> God damn it, Kathy. <laughs> I told you. Um, but, like, the way they do theirs is where it's just, like, 
the people are blurry, but they get these like body doubles that look like them. And with it the looks bench. just like them, but you know they don't focus on their face. Yeah, and reacting. It's real cinematic. The reactions. Yeah, um, it's 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 done, it, it's it's done very well. It's done. Very uh, fucking well. Waxworks is putting out the uh, score on oh, the, the vinyl. The score to, is uh, so to the good. Dark Side of the Ring series. Yeah, it, it's really good. So we'll probably keep watching this season, but because um, I don't have Viceland, so I had to wait till it was over. And then, it's a Vice original. Um, yeah. YouTube has some on there. Yeah, people watched, have bootlegged them on there. I've watched. That's where I watched all mine. It's on YouTube. We watched some on there, and then once the second season came out, I just bought it on iTunes because I think it was like eighteen bucks, and I was like, oh, "That's um, that's worth it. I'll watch those." Um, so far, just based on like the three episodes I've watched, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was a smart investment because that show is really good. Yeah, it's very compelling. It, even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's just a good just yeah, documentary just, series about some fucked up people and some and some fucked up situations. Absolutely, and both at the same time. Yeah, it's just really well made. So yeah, Dark Side of the Ring, check that shit out. That was good. Um, let me see. And I finished another book today, uh, Dreams and Shadows by C. Robert Cargill. That was really good. Um, it's the same guy who wrote that Sea of Rust book that I recommended a few weeks ago. Um, he also wrote the film Sinister and, and Doctor Strange for Marvel. Um, this was his first novel, and uh, it was good. I mean his writing is fun but it kind of feels like the novel that I recommended of his before is like his most recent novel and it's much more like um you know he's getting it figured out like his voice I think is a little stronger and his writing is much tighter a little more succinct this book kind of meanders for a while and also it's like I didn't realize it's like a fantasy book which I'm not opposed to um you know, I like some fantasy stuff, but once you get into, like, fairies and stuff, I'm just like, come on, dude, like, just anytime somebody's like, and anytime, like, the word fae is used as, a, like, plural for, like, the fairy folk, I'm like, like, just dumb. I didn't know that was the plural of... <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Is it, that, like, a group of fairies is called a fae? Like a the, school of fish? Well, no, like, the fae, like, that's their species or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, See, I learned something today. It's not a, it, it was a good book. I I dig it. If you're into, like, high-concept fantasy stuff like that, then um, I would say uh, check it out. It was really well-written. Um not as good as his most recent book for sure but it's pretty cool uh and i just started reading but i mean i haven't got into it very far at all but i just started reading misery today also by stephen king cool so by next week i'll be able to report back on if that was what i thought about that but yeah i think that's all i got cool Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, lots of recommends this week. Well, um, I guess I should close it down. I guess that was my cue. <laughs> I'll never catch it. No, hey everybody. Uh, if you uh, if you got some stuff you'd like us to recommend, or if you have some thoughts about the things we recommended, 
you should reach out to us, and uh, that's pretty easy to do. Doug, tell them where they can find us. Uh, well, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Carpenter Rants Podcast. Just type it in, search it, like us, follow us, all that good shit. Um, you can hit us up at carpenterrantspod at gmail.com. That's our email address. Or you can call us at 731-439-8821. Google voicemail uh, bullshit that you will not use. Mm-mm. U.S. Uh, people only. Sorry about that. And, uh, yeah, we're out here. We want to hear from you. All the people that want to call us are international, and they're like, God damn it, every week. exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, fucking, we had an email address. That shit's oh. for everyone. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, they're not using that. <laughs> Just trying to give us something. All those fingerless people that can't type <laughs> want to call us are all in Canada. Oh, that's fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> I feel like I need to point out that I have not been starting up a miniature helicopter all night. My dog has just been standing up and like shaking herself. So that that's the first time I've heard it. Flap. She's been doing it all night. Well, <laughs> Caleb's addressing fireworks that aren't there, so I'm worried about his mental health. <laughs> they're, oh, they're there, brother. Okay, whatever. Sure they are celebrating their freedom over here. We killed the naders. We killed these naders. <laughs> but yeah, we want to hear from you. We really do. What did you think about? What's your Kill favorite Bill? revenge fucking movies that you like? Yeah, were you disappointed? We didn't cover? We didn't Maybe cover we'll get one? to them. Yeah. Do you like any uh, giant monster movies or normal size monster movies? Let us know. Do you like any giant revenge movies? Yeah. There is a movie called Godzilla's Revenge. Oh, see? Where he does not get revenge on anything. Mm. And Godzilla's barely in it. Oh. Hmm. Seems problematic. We built this city. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, look forward to uh, next week. We're kicking off... Uh, the month of July with uh, Kaiju Films. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, go back and check out the other Revenge movies. This was a really fun series. I had a good time doing this. Me too. Sparked Sorry a I was lot asleep of, through most of it. Sparked a lot of good conversation, I think. Um, and we came up with, oh, hey. uh, and we came up with oh, Naders. Hey. So this, uh, this, whole, this whole series was worth it. We're going to write Naders. We're going to write Mujo. What else are we going to write? Mujo's coming. <laughs> Launching that. What were you going to say, Kendall? Go for it. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's very anticlimactic. I was just going to say I discovered um, that Pose is an FX series. Oh, so it's probably on Hulu. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, isn't Hulu the exclusive FX and something else carrier now? Unless it was on Netflix to begin with. Yeah, Netflix probably still has the uh, the rights to I'm it. I'm pretty sure I've been watching it on Netflix. I could be wrong. Okay. But. Well, pose, everybody. Either Netflix or Hulu or both or FX. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Google that shit and get to getting. We don't know where it is. We just know we saw it and we're telling you to check it out. <laughs> We got to do all the work for you. Jeez. 
but thanks for listening folks we really appreciate yeah <laughs> we love you all uh hey everybody thanks for listening to tcr Retribution. uh we've been the nobodies i'm caleb i'm doug i'm kendall keep on ranting wish i could remember what i said my name was last week tickhead tickhead thank you for listening to the carpenter rants subscribe on itunes google play google Podcasts, stitcher or podbean and spotify